there are men who think that a bag and board is probably something you get free at Motel 6. There are men who think that bankers' boxes are for bankers. And then there's Doug Bullpen Bost and Adam Warlock Bernstein, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With fan-favorite grown-ass guest, Sam Mastandrea. Welcome to Grown-Ass Men. It's yeah. time to team up. It's time to team up. Oh, yes. Usually, there's only two people in a team, but today we have three. Doug, Adam, and, of course, Sam Mastandrea. It's kind of like a, a tag team, right? Yeah. I mean, you could have... a. Three man tag team. So Marvel tag team two and one. I like really spent uh, a decent amount reading uh, <laughs> two and ones team ups and super villain team ups today. I didn't do it today, but yes, I also have spent. And really, it's there's some terrible comics in there. Terrible. Like when you read, you know, a lot of Marvel two and ones. There's some good ones, but there's some bad ones. It's strange though, too, because I think some of both of those titles, I think, will have a couple of good, you know, like good writers on board, and there'll be some good stories. And then you could tell that they kind of threw in the B team, or the guys like just phoned it in at the last minute. It's an interesting idea they came up with. I mean, obviously, it makes sense that Spider-Man would have as many uh, comics as possible. He's the be he's the most popular character, but the thing got it one. That was kind of a bold choice. So it made me think, like, as I was reading today, it really comes down to who do you prefer, Spider-Man or The Thing? Oh, yeah, that's that's a hard. It's a hard one, right? It's just Sophie's choice, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, weird, the weird thing in... in um... In going back and digging into some of those, the, the thing that really struck me was, as much as like I'm definitely like a bigger Spidey fan, but the thing, the the thing character, uh, with Ben Grimm character is is really like so um, uniquely written and recognizable. Like you could take a line of dialogue from the thing, take it outside of you know a comic, pass it off to someone who's vaguely familiar with comics and they'd be like oh that's came from the thing's mouth you know and I, I don't know how many other characters you could say that about right like maybe thor deadpool maybe that if you saw something out of context you would know exactly who it's coming from I who said it yeah sure good well point. they did a great thing with um uh the thing too <clears throat> in a lot of the two-in-ones they put him in these crazy situations immediately where he's some sort of a test pilot or something. They, they keep putting him in these dangerous situations where he's willing to test a crazy rocket that Tony Stark invented or something because yeah, yeah. he can, you know, potentially survive anything. <laughs> and he's, a, I mean, that's, that's what he did in the, you know, beginning of the Fantastic Four too. Yeah. He's like a professional crash test dummy. Yeah. Iron Man is also ubiquitous when it comes to every basic comic in the universe. Iron Man is always popping up everywhere. So he's in a lot of the two-in-ones and a lot of the, uh, you know, team-ups. But, and that was also probably because at the time he wasn't even all that, uh, like, I don't, I don't think he was getting a lot of sales. So they might've pushed him in to try and bump up the sales on Iron Man. 
as opposed yeah. to now where it would be the reverse, right? Like they would put, yeah. you know. Now, now he would be the the main character in something like Marvel 2 and 1. But it's yeah. really Robert Downey Jr. that did that. Yes. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, in reading problem. a bunch of things with the thing, books with the thing, it made me really think, you know, the writing is so strong with the FF, you know, the first hundred issues of the FF that you don't even real. I don't ever really get distracted by the fact that the thing is grotesque. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, who the hell wants to hang out? And he's like, he, you know, he's just ugly orange rock. And like, <laughs> but he just is so much humanity in the thing, you know, that you, I just doesn't ever resonate with me as much as that. He's just like grotesque looking, you know, did you, did you guys, either of you um, read uh, the, the two in one, the number 50, that was like current time thing uh, with him and Iron the, Man. He fights the early thing. He fights himself, but like oh. the early, he oh, goes yeah. back in time to try and slip himself, like something that would cure him. Mm. And um, and he's commenting on how ugly, how ugly he was early when he was like very kind of like clay, you know, just a clay, yeah. droopy clay thing. Well, yeah. that's a classic um, two in one. Yeah. The thing versus the thing. It's he's fighting the the lumpy version of himself. Yep. And uh, that's I think is John Byrne, right? Ooh, particular one. I think that that's uh, Marvel two and one fifty, and I think John Byrne wrote and did the art for that. Hold on, I can, uh, I can confirm okay. that or, but, confirm um, or deny. And I have to say that that is really one of the best two-in-ones. That, you know, thing versus the thing. And if I'm right that it's John Byrne, I think some of the best Marvel team-ups are also John Byrne. At a yeah, certain that, point, was that was Byrne. That was definitely Byrne. Yeah. Well, at a certain point in Marvel team-up, um, Byrne and Chris Claremont did a couple issues yeah. with Spidey and um, Captain Britain. Yes. And they're good. And it's the first appearance of Arcade. The, you yes. know, oh, really? He, he puts them into the murder world, uh, pinball game murder world. I remember buying that issue, actually. I remember Arcade a lot. Yeah. So John Byrne did, you know, kind of the best work on both of those titles. The art is surprisingly good. I, like I thought, like after not seeing them for a while, I was surprised that like even the Spidey ones, they had like a good stable of artists, at least in the early, you know, I don't know, first 20 issues or so. Yeah. Like it was Gil, Gil Kane and Sema, Jim Mooney. A lot of Mooney, Jim Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. But Sal Buscema did some, Ross Andrew, Gil Kane, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Gil Kane stuff is good. Yeah. My favorite. Now I know that, uh, Adam laid down a, a gauntlet of like, who do you like more, Spidey or, or the, <laughs> the thing? And I would say that in a way, Marvel Team Up is my favorite of those two titles, titles between yeah. Marvel 2 and 1 and Marvel Team Up. I like Marvel Team Up primarily because I liked the first two issues um, with the Human Torch. Where right. it was Spidey and the Human Torch, and in fact, the very first issue, where they fight the Sandman, and then the Sandman, they let the Sandman escape uh, because you know they don't want to 
they don't want to arrest him on Christmas because they don't want to embarrass him in front of his mother. I love that issue. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and then there's a, a series later in Marvel team up with where Spider-Man goes back in time and it's Spider-Man, the vision, Scarlet, Witch, Dr. Doom and moon dragon all fighting uh, cotton Mather and it, they're at the Salem witch trials. Wow. And, and, and I loved those issues too. I remember that as a kid, th that one. I read somewhere though that they, they initially, they were going to have it be uh, like a stuff. The run was going to be a Spidey and Torch team up. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was some reason, oh, I think it was a continuity thing. If they constantly had both of them together, it would always be hard to kind of have like the FF and Spidey amazing spider-man always have the continuity tie-in so if they threw in random characters they didn't have to maybe they didn't have to be as specific with it or something to that effect yeah one of the things that when they came up with these two titles one of the rules that marvel gave to their writers was that nothing could happen in any of the marvel team-ups or marvel two-in-one stories that would affect the continuity in the main title. Like they didn't want to have to, you know, figure out where Spidey was. And, you know, they didn't want him to break his arm in a Marvel team up so that they would have to have him wear a cast in the main Amazing Spider-Man comic. Right, okay. So although the writers, you know, had a lot of flexibility to, do insane things that would only appear in these team up books. There were th some things that they just couldn't do. They couldn't do anything that was, that would deeply affect their characters. And, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because Jerry Conway did like a, a whole bunch of the Marvel team ups at some point. And, um, you know, that they told they read him the riot act with that. And then as soon as he got on the amazing Spider-Man, he killed off Gwen Stacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, it was like a big, F you or something. Right. Uh, there was a really cool um, intro to one of the books. And he, Jerry Conway said that Cain and Abel was the first team up and that the uh, best conflict is conflict between two humans who should be friends. So that's kind of um, what usually happens with those guys, right? They would start out and you'd be like, Oh, these two superheroes should get together, you know, should totally hit it off initially. And it's the, the trope would be, they would start fighting and then, be, then have to go fight the bad guy. I mean, so those books are also, the perfect way to explore every character that they want to advertise. You know, I mean, every single one, whether it's some people in the X-Men or the Inhumans or the Avengers or, you know, even more obscure things, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they just, yeah, yeah. it's the perfect way to just go, hey, we're advertising these. And once in a while you get somebody who has a creative impulse but you know I, I was going to think about coming back to when john byrne went on board with that when him and claremont entered the world together they really lifted up a lot of books yeah you know the quality you know i always particularly one that we don't talk about that much but i mean they made the first iron fist books those are really high-class books. Yeah. The art is kicking on that stuff. You know, Marvel loves team-ups, whether it's Power Man and Iron Fist or Captain America and the Falcon. They're always trying to bring people together. But the thing that I thought was irresistible when I was 
a kid about team ups is that it's like they're one and done stories. So you just have to read that one book. You don't have to be aware of a long continuing story from month after month. You get two heroes for the price of one. There's usually a fight <laughs> where yep. two of your favorite people are fighting and that's, you know, that's great. And with both Spidey and the thing, they both got a sense of humor. That's baked into the character. So they're almost like sort of pure comic books. It's why you kind of read comics in a way. Like the stories are ridiculous. They're just full of uh, ridiculous coincidences and dinosaurs and time travel and and crazy, you know, null. Give me the null device. You know, it's all like these crazy devices that they would come up with to, to have, a you know, this quick story. And that kind of made them really fun. And it also made them like, exactly what everybody thinks comic books Expects, are yeah 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 it's not the elevated form i mean some of the characters that initially appeared in marvel team-ups were the human torch morbius x-men vision the thing thor the cat iron man the inhumans captain america submariner captain marvel and werewolf by night made an appearance yeah yeah yeah. Oh wait. So uh, give me. So let me. Let me. Uh, while you're on that tab, uh, generally, how do you guys feel about the team ups with like non Marvel characters, like you know, Dracula, the Wolfman? Because man, that never ever. And there were even crazier ones where they would. It would be Spider Man and the cast of Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. That that that's actually. And I'll tell you what. That's a Claremont joint. <laughs> <laughs> it was like also the thing versus the Yancey street gang. <laughs> right. I don't know. I always was attracted, especially in the seventies, you know, cause that's when I was coming up of those, all those crazy B list characters. Some now who are not so B list anymore. They're getting their own movies or they already had their own shows. I don't mind the B list superheroes. I like those when it's like night Hawk and you know, Kill Raven and stuff like that. That's okay yeah. with me. But it's when it's the Yancey Street Gang and when it's David Letterman or something like that. That's yeah, I'm a silly. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you were listing off all the uh, heroes from uh, Marvel Team Up and that team up with Spidey and the X-Men, which I think is maybe Marvel Team Up number four. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. And the art in that is amazing. Who is who so, was it? Who did the art? In? That is um well, what's his face? Wasn't Dave Cockrum, was it? No, no, it's uh, Gil Kane. Oh, it's Gil Kane. And, and oh, I think really? it's the, the only injury. time he did the X-Men because I saw that and I was like, please tell me there's more of this, and there isn't. <laughs> well, the, the thing that he covers. He did a bunch of covers, but not... Uh, One of the things he does so well in that comic is that uh, it's at a, it was done at a time when the X-Men were, you know, really on the outs. Their book was kind of on hiatus, and it was before the all-new, all-different X-Men. And um, in that team-up issue, they don't have any costumes. Which is really oh, cool. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They're just all dressed like themselves. Civilian, just in the yeah, civvies, yeah. and it's great. Except Iceman, who, you know, oh yeah, who's always new. He can't help it. <laughs> yeah.
Well, let me just, just uh, even the score, let me tell you who was in the first issues of Marvel 2 and 1. Yeah. Uh, let me, where is it? <clears throat> well, Swamp Thing is in the first one, right? No. Oh, that's uh, a good one. No. That's with, with uh, Man um, Thing. Oh, Man Thing, uh, sorry. That's sorry. a Steve Gerber. Steve yeah, Gerber. yeah, that yeah, was yeah. good. I like, I, that was cool. Uh, so we have Man Thing. Submariner, Daredevil, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's their second appearance ever, by the way. Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, uh, Luke Cage, Power Man, Son of Satan, Spider-Man. You know, so you're really, you're getting everyone they really want to promote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, what I was wondering, like, when you see those... Uh issues right so like say as an artist um like you you'd assume all the artists were very well rounded they could drop anything right but i'm sure there were some guys who specialized in certain things like you know like kirby doing cosmic space stuff was always awesome right so like whereas maybe someone else might not have done it that well but could you imagine like your jam is not doing like cars and motorcycles and then you you get you know you get appointed doing the ghost rider team up issue (laughs) yeah right like that's a tough like motorcycles are hard to draw you know um there's also while you were doing that list marvel two and one number 10 which is uh, the thing in the black widow that was a big issue for me because the black widow you know she became my my love interest for quite a while <laughs> i think you were you had talked about that particular issue early on i've talked about it in therapy a lot <laughs> <laughs> You know, in Marvel two and one, you you know, you are right that a lot of these, both in uh, team up and two and one, they're just you know one complete issue. They're not like you have to keep buying the book to understand the whole story. But you know, I don't know if you know Marvel two and one annual number two, which is a a huge Starlin tie-in. That's the Thanos one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's an Avengers King Size or Giant Size 7, which is also part of that run, that story where Thanos dies. And it's like, those are huge books in the, you know, in the canon. You know, they sneak them in some weird King Size issues of Marvel 2 and 1. I mean, I think a lot of times if you get somebody who's really motivated and good, like Starlin, he said, look, I want to do this, you know, and give me those books. And they probably said, all right, fine. You know, it's Marvel <laughs> to one annual. We want to sell it anyway. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the others, just they are pretty run of the mill. Although, you know what, when you were mentioning like things not being in arcs, the supervillain team up issues were in sort of, they they had a little bit of continuity and they they were in like two or three issue arcs. Oh my god! Okay, well, so let's, yeah, let's talk third, about the supervillain team. Yeah, so that's a whole. It's a third series Marvel supervillain team up, and it usually had Doctor Doom and the Submariner, right? Yeah, the first handful are both of them. Yeah, and sub if I remember correctly, uh, Submariner the Submariner is in that really cool like costume where it right, looks so like with the fins. Yeah, but it looks like Vegas era, like Elvis, yeah. like underwater Elvis costume, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he and, looks uh, like he should have a, a tiger to tame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when that came out, and I was really, uh, you know, intrigued, and I bought him. I like the idea of, like, you know, let's get the villains just to 
beat the hell out of each other. There were a <laughs> lot fewer issues of that title. I think there's only 15, maybe yeah, something like that. And one of the things that I read is that for a little while they came out, you know, like every other month or something like that. They had sort of a regular uh, distribution, but then at the end of the run in 78, 79, 80, when they really ended, yeah, they spaced out when they were coming out. And one of the reasons that they even published the title anymore, and one of the reasons that they spaced out each issue so much is that they were trying to fight a lawsuit with DC because DC Comics wanted to trademark the word supervillain. So wow, Marvel was trying to keep a title with supervillain in the title to so prove that, that they, they could, had it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> I noticed something that I wanted to bring up to you guys. And I, it's, it's kind of a half-formed thought, but I, I'm going to say it anyway, as most of my thoughts are. <laughs> I've noticed that, I certainly noticed what, when I was reading like a lot of Marvel team-ups and Marvel two-in-ones sort of right one after another, that there's a certain type of ending that Marvel likes to its stories. They really like a downbeat ending. You know, comic books could have any kind of ending. They could end where every last panel is like a clever, like sometimes DC would do it, where it would be a clever joke that was kind of a reference to something early in the book, where it would like dovetail, you know, there would be like a little book ending of ideas from the story. Kind of like a C the CSI, you know, yeah. was it CSI when David, what's his face, would do the, uh, the bet, you know, like his, his dumb, like, quip you know yeah you could you could end it you could end it with a joke you could do a lot of things but marvel really often likes to end with the heroes going i guess we finished it or did we i guess he's in a better place but am i you know they right. always do these these things where it's like the, the, suddenly in the last panel there's there's some soul searching and you know captain america will put his arm around kazar and they'll walk away like wow they got it Think about some deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of like a gift of the Magi, like hangover? I don't know. Like, uh, you know, it's like it's got a weird dark twist or something. Or but but if you look through those, Sam, you sent us some great, um, you know, electronic versions of the comics so that we could go through a bunch of them. And if you just go to the last page of a lot of them, you'll see these kind of downbeat, sad moments where Spider-Man's swinging away and he's like. I guess I'll never know. Life yeah. or death, does it matter? <laughs> and you're like, Isn't Whoa. that, in essence, one of the key parts of Marvel? I guess like, it is, yeah. You know, like is that's that the Stan Lee, you know, like we're, re we're dealing with real characters here in real life. Mm -hmm. Was that the Albert Camus run? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Existentialist yeah, team up number two. <laughs> yeah, they both trying to see wh whose life is more meaningless. Oh, man, that's great. All right. What are the team-ups that we think should have been created that were not? Oh, I have lots to say on that. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> As you, but you guys, but you guys can go this. first. You guys no, can go no. first, and then I'll, I'll – No, I'll, Sam, you go. You go, man. Go. All right. Well, my, my first one I would have liked to have seen 
is uh, Sabretooth and Cerebus. And oh. it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a two panel comic, right? So the first panel, Sabretooth and Cerebus shake hands and they agree to team up. And then the second panel is Cerebus on a spit roast over a fire. <laughs> Sabretooth is hand cranking the spit while Cerebus is like unsuccessfully remind, trying to remind Sabretooth that he's not a pig, but he's an aardvark, but, but Sabretooth ain't hearing it. Yeah, that's a so, really good one. <laughs> uh, that's my first pitch. That's good. Another one uh, would be um, the cast of the Golden Girls teams <laughs> up with the cast of Two and a Half Men mm. to battle the Sinister Six. Oh. <laughs> if you're doing the math, it's technically seven on six. So, like to be fair, eh, we'll make it like a tag team, and uh, Betty White gets tagged in when Charlie Sheen is like too wasted to fight. Mm-hmm. I would pick Betty White against Sandman uh, or another one Scorpion I have is, any uh, day. Supervillain. It's kind of like a supervillain team up, and it's um, it's uh, Matt Murdock uh, <laughs> versus Johnny Cockman Matt- for the 1995 OJ trial uses the tried and true heartbeat trick to confirm that OJ is lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, as all the cameras, you know, flood in at the end of the, the court case, there's a guest spot by the human torch and Toro who fly into the courtroom. Yelling, I think you yeah, ain't Toro a should be shit. in all of these team ups. <laughs> I had a, an idea for a team up. Go ahead. Um, it uh, really, sort of strays away from the comic book realm entirely. I would like to see a team up between Howard Hughes and Cab Calloway. And <laughs> what I want to see is it's, 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 it happens during World War II. Howard Hughes is at a show. He's seeing a, a, a Cab Calloway show and Nazi saboteurs come in and try to disrupt the show. And Howard teams up with Cab in order to take him on. Mm. And of course, Howard is basically like Tony Stark. He's got all the stuff so he can go over in his special Howard Hughes designed V2 rocket over to uh, Germany. And what I would like to think is that, you know, Howard and Cab battling their way, getting closer and closer to taking on Hitler. And when they finally get captured, they get rescued by Cab's entire orchestra. All of his, <laughs> all the guys from his orchestra come right. and save the day. I think that's it's a winning, awesome. a yeah, winning that's team. Definitely a winning book right there. Do you all have right. a, a proposed I, artist for that? I would say Howard Chaikin's got to do that one. But I, maybe I want the tone. I mean, to he's be really a good at naked ladies and stuff. More fun. I, I think maybe Gene Colan. Ah. Can't go wrong with that. Because he did all the Howard the Duck, right? Bruner did. did a bunch. Oh, yeah. He, Frank Bruner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess my Howard Hughes uh, Cab Calloway team up would be a Frank Bruner book. Yeah, definitely. We met him at a con that we went to. He had a you, table. You and me? Yeah. I oh, mean, I it was very that. brief. Very brief. Anyway, I have a few uh, team ups that I wanted to lay on you. All right. Uh, I don't know if I could possibly be as the good as the ones that you guys have just put down. But anyway, my first one was uh, Mary Marvel and Moon Dragon. <laughs> and they good. basically get together and it's like Israeli Palestine, you know, like 
they can't even begin to even communicate. She's like clean cut. Moon Dragon's like universalist, you know? Yeah. Um, my second one was, which I like this one a lot, Submariner and Archie. It's a strange affair When Archie gets his ass whooped Archie gets his ass whooped It's a strange affair When Archie gets his ass whooped Namor came to the diner Gave Archie a piece of his mind Betty was gone, he couldn't find her Archie's spine is no longer aligned Namor wasn't too kind It's a strange affair When Archie gets his ass whooped Archie gets his ass whooped It's a strange affair When Archie gets his ass whooped <laughs> I love that. You know, Archie's hanging out with Jughead and Betty and Veronica, awesome. and, and, and some mariner comes into like the yeah. diner. I don't. He'd have no patience for Archie. Well, I would think that he would drown Archie pretty quickly. Yeah, he would just like or bang him and throw him against the wall twenty feet away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had another one because which I just thought of as we were talking. Because he mentioned Nighthawk, who's probably the worst character in Marvel. That's saying a lot. But Nighthawk is just the worst. Nighthawk and Ringo Kid. Oh, the gunfighter? Yeah, the gunfighter. Oh. You know, and it's just like a book that no one ever reads. (laughs) (laughs) It's just lost to eternity, you know? (laughs) Limited distribution. It's sitting behind like a copy of the Daily News from like 1974, like collecting <laughs> dust somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like a candy store. Right. Yeah, it's never been yeah, seen. A, a, a candy store bathroom that's been walled up for over 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> and my final one, which I think is a pretty good one, uh, Richie Rich and Sergeant Rock. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. With a special appearance by Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we need to talk at least an hour longer about these team-ups. <laughs> super, super, especially the super villain. Uh, yeah, yeah, we didn't even get into the DC ones. Green no, Lantern, no. Green Arrow. The Brave and the Bold. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, this, is, this has been a great team-up, I think, the three of us. Thank With, you, Sam, for joining. Lots of fun. Thanks for having me. Kate. Yeah, great. Another great grown-ass man. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. All right, guys. Um, I will uh, speak to you all soon. Grown-ass man.